podcast host of The Divorced Mommy, and she's also a life coach, and she's here to just chat. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk a little bit about what she does, and uh, let's move forward. Julie, so tell us about yourself. Like, what do you what do? You do? Yeah, well, I am. I'm a mom of three. Um, my older two, I have been divorced from their dad for 11 years. So have about 11 years of experience of, you know, first being a single, single mom uh, with two littles and then, uh, you know, co-parenting with their dad. Now I'm remarried and have a third child. He's four. And so we have quite the blended family that we can definitely get into. Uh, But I recently left uh, corporate America to really pursue a mission that I am so incredibly um, passionate about, which is to help. Yes. (laughs) So I'm, I am the host of the Divorced Mommy podcast, which I launched this summer. And my goal is really to help moms that were me 11 years ago, um, going through divorce, just after divorce, uh, you're just in this place of trying to figure out what does your life look like next? What are the goals and dreams you have? And how do you get there in this very different place than you thought you were going to be in? And uh, so I'm a life coach and I help moms that are in that really, really important place in their life, either during or post-divorce, to really come up with the the right plan to get their mindset right. Because I firmly believe that if the mom is happy and working towards happiness and working towards, you know, self-care and a vision for her own life, her kids will be fine. They will be great. She's kind of the key ingredient. So that's my mission. I love that mission. I think we're we're in the same boat. I found myself wanting to do the same thing, but I'm not a divorced mommy. I'm a divorced daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, you've been divorced now for 11 years, you're saying, and remarried for uh, for about eight. That's 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 huge. I mean, now I'm divorced. I'm single. Um, I'm definitely not ready to get married yet, but I was in a relationship. For for you know a year and a half, pretty soon after my divorce, and uh, and when I was when I was there, I found a you know I found myself uh, well bringing up a lot of uh, the issues that you know that that played out in my um, in my actual marriage. And how does that play out for you? I mean, as someone who's well, you know, you you went through it, and and you're back in in a marriage is yeah. Is that hard? I mean, hard is like what? Yeah, you know, so first off, I will say that that phase of dating post-divorce with kids, no matter what the age of the kids, is not easy. Let's just call it out, right? It's, it's, It's you're navigating an already challenging space of dating and now you also are you know you have these children that you want to protect and be so careful with and so that whole process is um is quite the journey and I personally myself before I 
um, got married and met my husband, Joe, my, my second husband, I had a couple of relationships in between. Um, so I got divorced. Then it was, okay, you know, back into kind of that dating and all of that. And I'll tell you, it, that was hard, you know, because the first couple of people that I was in a relationship with, you know, I, I definitely messed up a little bit, you know, in, you know, introducing too quick, you know, with the kids. And then I got smart about it. And so I know that with my now husband, Joe, you know, it really took our time. Uh, he did not have children, which helped a bit. But once we were really, you know, very serious and he was starting to get to know the kids, it brings in a whole other um, challenging phase, which is kind of being a not stepdad yet. We weren't quite married, but, you know, when you have younger kids and now you're dating someone and you are going and doing family-like activities together or spending a lot of, you know, quality time, the roles can it's get really role. tough to define. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have a, like, you know, my son and daughter were like, I guess they were, they were little, you know, they were, I guess, five and no, they were six and four, you know, meeting my now husband. And if anyone has, you know, a four-year-old or a six-year-old, you know, you're still working on disciplining and, you know, teaching them, you know, how to handle their tantrums or- I'm still working on disciplining myself. Right? <laughs> so what's their role? You know, how do they, you know, you're, you're trying to parent at the same time you're, you know, with this person that you're, you know, um, in a relationship with, they're not the dad. It's, it can, it can get a little tough. Would you agree? I think it can get pretty tough. I mean, I, I, what's interesting is, is how, you know, because the reality is he, he comes in as, as a partner of yours. I mean, instantaneously, this is a father figure, you know, in, in their life. Is, am, am I wrong? Is that not something that, yeah, uh, true. and, and I will tell you, you know, any, anyone asking my kind of perspective on this, I would say once, you know, you are in a committed relationship, whether that results in marriage eventually or not, but you're in a committed relationship, that person does need to feel like they have the, it's a balance, but have the, you know, authority to, you know, parent with you. And I, I feel that I gave that, you know, authority and almost my permission to Joe very early on, you know, I would say to him, look, I don't want you to be a spectator here, right? I mean, if I'm dealing with a challenge, right, with Joe, I mean, with the, with the child who, you know, my son Jack was like, you know, four at the time. And, oh, mm -hmm. you know, if he was acting out, you know, Joe didn't know what to do. Like, should I watch? <laughs> should I step in and help? Like, what's my role? That's hard, you know? And so... I, I really wanted him to feel like he was a part of it all, you know, and to help be a parent. And now, you know, flash forward, you know, eight years, nine years later, actually, we've been married for eight years, but we were together for almost 10. You know, my kids now are 13 and 15. So he's been in their life a very long time. 
And now that they're teenagers, forget it. You know, those tantrums when they were four, nothing <laughs> compared to Whoa. going through the teenage years. And so you do need to be a team. Um, but I do give a lot of respect. And I think it's important to have um, compassion for the step parent, for the significant other that's not the biological parent, because they're constantly finding that line do I go that they don't want to go over, but they want to be, you know, helping in the parenting, you know, job. And it's it's definitely I give any step parent that's listening a lot of kudos because it's it's definitely one of the toughest jobs I think out there. I mean, that's a big jump, like to go from, you know, a single guy, you you know, and to have children immediately. Um, that is a big jump. And, and I definitely give him uh you know, two thumbs up and a high hand. That's that's really incredible. I mean, I'm sure it comes with its challenges. Also, you know, that it's it's a there's a big big learning gain. I mean, for myself, I had you know I had my daughter, I had my two daughters, and and you know I raised them and we raised them and and I'm with them as they grow older. And there's you learn as you grow with those situations. So you know, I can't imagine myself to go from you know from a single single guy and and to be you know the dad of two kids and to be able to step in that role and to play that role and in, in, on such a level requires really a, a high level of maturity and and lucky you lucky you that that you know and obviously it says speaks a lot about you to you know to have a partner to find someone that you guys together can take on something you know, something like that to take on that new situation of raising children together. And that's, that's really, really incredible. And, and I mean, it's, is it's there still hard uh, though? I, I'll tell you, you know, yes, a hundred percent, you know, kudos to him. And it was definitely Insta family, right? Just add water and you've got this instant family. Boom. And I'll tell you, he was 36 when I met him and no kids, total single life, right? I mean, he he's a um, a police officer, and he you know he worked, went to the gym, and went out. You know, like it's, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, you know, four year olds and six year olds, and you know everything that goes with that. And so, a hundred percent, I give him a lot of credit. But I will tell you, and I always have a, a an issue with the word lucky. I have, I will probably get into the co-parenting stuff in a little bit, but mm -hmm. the lucky, it's always, there's always work that goes behind the result, right? And so even today, 10 years later, we are working on, because again, just like you said, you, you, you're kind of learning as you go with these kids and every phase brings new challenges as a parent as a step parent. So now we're in the teenage years that adds a whole other, you know, I'm navigating it for the first time. So is he. And I will tell you, I'll be totally honest. It's probably the only area that we argue about, you know, because it's, it's really interesting. Discipline. Yeah. Well, it is. It's really interesting because when, when you're in a blended family, there are a lot of people who have an opinion of how things should be. And so their kids, my kid's dad and I have a very, very, very close relationship. And he, you know, we co-parent on every little teeny thing. And then 
you know, my, my husband, Joe, who has to, you know, has his opinion on things and they could be totally different than mine. And so we definitely, that is an area that I think we'll always be working on until the kids are older and that's okay. I, you know, but again, it's luck. It's not lucky. It's, it's, you've got to be intentional and you got to work on these things. And, you know, that's probably one of the biggest areas that we have to constantly make sure that, you know, we are tending to. So we have this situation, right? You, you come, you know, he comes in as this father figure and I can tell you right now, okay, if my ex, you know, brought in, you know, her boyfriend, a serious boyfriend of hers, um, as much as I would appreciate that, as much as I can say that, that I can respect that without a question, if I'm going to be honest with myself, it's going to be pretty freaking hard to have to, you know, create now that, that, that triangle of, of, you know, raising these kids, uh, between us. I mean, was, were, I mean, there must've been some, like, he must've been a little bit, uh, you know, peeved at, at this whole situation. I mean, well, I would have personally. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing. And this is what I try to coach people on. So, and it's not even a triangle, it's four of us because my, my kid's dad, and I deliberately call him my kid's dad instead of my ex. It's just another tip that I give to, um, the moms that I coach that it's like a mindset shift. If you really focus in on calling your ex-husband, your kid's father, your kid's father has a much more positive, you know, tone to it than ex-husband or ex-wife or ex. What did I say? Did I say ex-husband? You said ex. You said ex. Oh, and, and here's oh, the funny see, thing. See, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm using those yeah. terms, right? Yeah. And here's the I thing. don't call her my co-parent. I mean, I am. I don't feel, I know. I am not there yet. I don't, you know, I'm not. And that's not okay. You don't need yeah. to call her your co-parent, but you can still call her your girl's mom, right? And so, because that is what she is. And I think it helps because the kids, oh my gosh, if I can say one thing, the kids are always listening, like always listening. And, you know, I wanted them to know that he's their dad, no matter what happens between him and I, you know? And so I just very deliberately call him. So you'll hear me as I, as we go here, I'll, I'll refer to him as my kid's dad, um, versus my ex-husband. But I'll tell you, he also has someone who's been with us all now for eight, I think nine years. They met a year after I met Joe. And so there's four of us now in the mix. And she has a daughter who is the same age as my um, as my my son, uh, Jack. And so it is it is the four of us trying to navigate this together. And as hard as it may be, you know, right from the get go, I told Joe when I met him, I said, look, I just want you to know coming in that I have a very strong co-parenting relationship with Jack and Caroline's dad. We've worked at this, we've been working at it, and it's part of our goal. Our goal is that just because we're not together doesn't mean the kids shouldn't have a happy childhood. I said, so we communicate a lot. So I told Joe, I'm like meeting this guy, right? For the like, first time. And I'm telling him, like, look, I text with my kid's dad. Who the hell are you texting? Yeah, Stop multiple, testing multiple that man. Times, yeah, multiple times a day. We still do. 11 years later. My older kid's dad and I probably text with each other, I don't know, 
three times a day for 11 years because, and it's always about the kids. I mean, you could look through that text chain and it's always, okay, Jack <laughs> got his soccer bag and, oh, Caroline yeah. needs to get picked up from that leadership program she just started, uh, but I have this. Can you do this? Like, we we got there over time. It didn't happen overnight, but Joe had to be okay with that. And then my kid's dad's fiance, she's, she had to be okay with it. And so I give them a ton of credit for, you know, the trust and being in on that life vision with us. Because here's the thing I tell people, another thing I kind of coach people on. When you have kids and you get divorced, it's still like that whole till death do you part thing kind of still is there because here's why birthdays, graduations, mm -hmm. uh, weddings, mm -hmm. you're, when you become a grandparent, I always ask people, how do you want to feel at these most amazing milestones in your life, your kids' lives? Do you want to be in the room with their other parent, your ex, and feel anxiety, anger, sadness, whatever it may, you know, bitterness, whatever it may mom. be, right? Yeah, there you go. How do you want to feel? And so I, I think you want to feel happy and proud and, you know, all the beautiful emotions that should go with those moments. That takes work and it takes work and that vision to get there. And it takes a lot of swallowing the little stuff. And, you know, I mean, gosh, there are probably so many times over the last 11 years we could have picked massive fights over things, right? Mm -hmm. Massive fights over little things, really, mm -hmm. right? In the whole scheme of things. But we really try to stay on course. Now, have we messed up? A hundred percent. But we've always come back to say, okay, this is stupid. That We shouldn't be, you know, fighting about this because, again, we are, we're in this for the long haul together. And so, you know, again, it just requires a lot of trust and communication and everyone kind of being on the same page that we're trying to make sure that we can actually all end up as grandparents together. Like that's. So, so, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. We, you know, there's, so let's, let, let's get this out there a little bit. A lot of people around. Okay. I would say that I would think that most people that are getting divorced are going to be in situations where that the, the vibes are negative you know, they're clearly hurt from the relationship. That is what's happening, right? People in general, they're getting divorced because, you know, they cannot live together. They're no longer in agreement to live together. And and many, many people are going to be jaded. So if that's the situation, you know, and and what what are you gonna say to to somebody that wants to co-parent and maybe the other person that you know is a little bit harder to deal with? Or you know what, at some point Everyone has their own ups and downs, but how can two individuals who decided, right, to split apart, how can they start working towards a relationship where they can really, you know, build something and grow something for their children? Like, how does that even, how do you even start yeah. doing that? So number one, it takes time. It does not happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. So you're not going to, you know, the next day, the next week, the next year, you know, have that kind of co-parenting relationship if all of those feelings and, you know, issues, you know, are there. It's it's going to take time. But you have to start, you have to start with you first versus 
I think we have a tendency to have expectations of the other person before we have expectations of ourselves. And so it takes work on your self, on your own thoughts, on your own healing, on your own mindset before you can really have the kind of relationship moving forward. And when I say relationship, that can mean many, many, many different things. But at the end of the day, you're both still the parents of these kids and you're going to be around each other. And so there are, there are of course times where that other parent is just awful. (laughs) You know, they're not, they have, they have no intention of doing the work on themselves. Maybe they're a narcissist. They're, you're never going to change them. That's the big piece of advice that I give to people is you can't control another person ever. You can barely even do it as a parent, never mind somebody else, right? You can't control another person. You cannot make them do what you want them to do. They have to, they have to work on themselves. And there are some people that just are not going to do that, but it doesn't mean that the mom, the dad that is wanting to make sure that their kid's happiness and childhood and everything is the best that it can be. It doesn't mean that they can't do the work on themselves to find that peace, to do the healing, to try to shift their own thinking about their ex. Again, as I said, really trying to look at that person as their kid's father or their kid's mother and knowing that it's actually up to the kids to decide what their relationship will ultimately be with that parent. It's not yours, right? Mm -hmm. It's not ours. We can't control that either. And so I always say the number one thing you need to do is work on yourself and things will start to happen. One of two things will happen. Either the, the ex will start to, you know, see those changes, see that your side of the street is nice and clean while theirs is a mess and want to move there, or they're not, they're not going to change. And if they don't change, that's okay too. If you've gotten yourself in the right mindset and shape, does that, does that make sense? I think that makes a lot of sense. At the end of the day, you know, it's about taking the responsibility on what we're able to control because when we can control our own decisions when we start to to create that you know move towards the reality that we want we will it 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 doesn't matter you know it whatever it is that they do you know obviously at times it's going to be difficult but it will you know it will lead to those good things it will lead somewhere good the only thing is that we can control what it is that we are able to do and everything i really think it does make sense because you know this is so practical in, in so many situations because there are so many people that are going to experience this and you know not everyone is going to be uh you know be able to to be in a situation where there are you know two parents that are working like that mm-hmm. um and this sort of thing apply this sort of thing applies to life this is the this is applies to any sort of relationships that people have you know um and ways that we deal with life in general that if we're able to create that within ourselves if we can start taking responsibility for whatever it is 
in order to direct our relationships and to direct what it is that we want to do in the right place, it's going to go there. It is yes. going to go there even if the other person is not going to be a partner in it. And I think you described it beautifully. And I really, you know, I actually really like the, um, <laughs> I really like the, the across the street. Like yeah. my place is a mess across the street is clean. Like, let me just go move over there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you, I, and it's not, and it's not easy, easy work either. Right. So while, you know, everything I said, I don't want it to sound, you know, kind of all, all woo woo, you know, what I, what I try to do in, in the coaching that I do is to, actually give tactical approaches to implement that kind of thing, right? So it can't just be, you know, great, I'm just going to flip my mindset around. No, I mean, you've got to do some work. You've, we do things like thought downloads and how do we, you know, start to become much, much, much more aware of our thoughts? How do we work to change our thinking, to change our limiting beliefs? You know, because some people have the belief, well, I can just never have a good relationship with that person. Okay, well, you're believing that. So if you believe that, that's 100% was what's going to happen, right? So it's mm -hmm. kind of doing those thought downloads, really, you know, going through how to become more aware of your thoughts, doing things around gratitude, working on things like self-care. There's all these different things tactically that we work through. And I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. It It's not even just about divorce and co-parenting, it's actually the key to anything in life. And so since becoming a life coach, what's fascinating is that I use many of the techniques that I'm helping my clients with on myself. I'm constantly doing self-coaching, whether it's trying to work through the relationship with a teenage son or daughter, right? Which is a whole, <laughs> it's a Do lot not. of- a lot I'm of not there. <laughs> Let's not go there right it's now, please. I'm or not anywhere near there. And it's a lot. And, and, and I always believe that if we as humans aren't doing some work to grow personally, we're stagnant, right? And so mm -hmm. all these things come into our life, whether it's a divorce or, you know, a teenage, you know, child that, you know, is kind of pushing pushing you to places where you just like, you know, have to grow and change and adapt and, or it's marriages. I mean, now I'm remarried and I find myself coaching myself, doing self-coaching to really nurture and make sure that, you know, that this marriage that I'm in, you know, is, is, is in, I'm in for the, the long haul, right? Like this, I've learned so much more in the last 11 years. And I think, Things like coaching and, and strategies to help you yourself with your own mindset, your own thoughts, because it's amazing what we project onto others and onto people that we have relationships with, with stuff that we're just dealing with in our own head. And mm -hmm. so it's just good work to do, um, you know, to keep on uh, progressing in those relationships. You got to start with you. Mm-hmm starts with us it starts with figure i mean I, I find that um i personally what i've been doing is i've just been going back in time josh let's go visit little josh and see what uh see you see where those limiting beliefs were coming from and um and to look back at my own marriage right because you know there's easily i can just i can put a lot of blame on on what happened there i'm sure she can also put a lot of blame on me 
But to go back into my own past and to find out what it is that's, you know, that's been causing me pain or been causing me shame and to start dealing with it. Well, one of the most amazing things about, you know, these sorts of exercises is that you start you start to see a lot more, at least I did, start to experience a lot more, start to, you know, be open to the fact of, of, of you know, what role you played within that relationship, regardless of what the other individual did. Any relationship, you know, it's two parts. It takes two people right there. And as soon as, as, as that openness is there and that willingness to be, really be real with it, uh, you know, then you begin this whole journey of, of, of really taking responsibility. And, and I guess that this is I'm sort of talking about this in a little bit more of a, you know, personalized way. Yeah. But, you know, that that's exactly what what leads to, you know, at least is leading me to be able to deal with things. And regardless, at the end of the day, hey, I'm still going to have mess ups still going to have those times where I am projecting, you know, or I am taking what she is saying and, 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 and putting, dumping my own way that I perceive on it. Uh, but it's work and it's work and, and, you know, it's work that is so, it's so valuable because, you know, we as humans, I, I really, I really believe that I, we want to be in, a relationship and and and, and people we want connection this is this is something very very primal within us mm-hmm. and if we're not able to connect with other individuals if we're not be able to have relationships if we're not able to go into ourselves and do it this is something that's going to plague us for the rest of our lives and who you know obviously everybody chooses the way that they want to live 100% but to be able to live a life of growth, to be able to open up and to be able to connect with someone else and to be full within yourself, to just go the direction that you want to go, it's priceless. It's priceless. And it and not only does it affect us in a good way, it, it affects our relationships, our, the, the, the co-parenting, our exes and our children. I mean, that's that 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 right there is one of the biggest you know, one of the biggest reasons for for doing a lot of the this work for ourselves is that our kids are so influenced by what is happening, whether you know whether it's conscious or whether it's not. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing hearing about this. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, you know, I think um, the when you when you start to do this work, let's say you start to do it you know, within yourself, maybe you're working with a coach, maybe you're, you know, consuming a lot of podcasts or books or whatever method that you're using to help you do this personal growth work on yourself, you know, based on, you know, an event like divorce, you can then take that and use it in so many ways across your life. And that's what's so amazing. So for example, now with my um, my teenage son, who, of course, I love him to pieces. He's he's pushing every button he can, right? And at the end of the day, and every limit, every boundary, and at the end of the day, I found myself having this thought of, oh, why can't he just be easier? Or I'd have the thought of, oh, you know, why can't he be um, as easy as his sister? Now, these are things in my head I'm saying to myself. And then I thought, and again, as you do this work, you start to realize, okay, this is my thought. 
when I see him, if my thought is, why is he so hard to raise, hard to parent? How do you think I'm going to react and feel in the moment when I'm looking at him and seeing him? He's hard. He's difficult. That's what I'm thinking, right? So I did this work on myself recently where I kind of did this thought download and I really realized where my thinking was every time we were around each other. Okay, and so I don't I mean decided, to interrupt you here. Yeah. I just I want you to give give a little uh if you could just explain the thought download term to all of our listeners so they have an idea of, of yeah. uh, what, what that means. Yeah. So what I do is if I am having a certain feeling, right? So I was feeling so frustrated with Jack. So just so frustrated. And I needed to sit down with pen and paper and say, okay, why am I so frustrated? What's happening? Right. And I could write down that I'm always having to yell or he's not listening or all these kind of actions that happened. What I try to do is when I put these feelings down, I try to go inside my own mind and say, what am I thinking that's driving that frustration? What am I thinking that's driving, you know, me to feel like that? And that's when, as I start to write them down on paper, a little bit of a download of what my, what my thoughts are in those moments. It was, he's so hard. Why can't he be as easy as his sister? Why is he like this? Well, you know, nothing positive, right? Mm -hmm. And so then, of course, when we're interacting, those are the things I'm thinking. And so I decided I was going to change my thinking because I said, you know what? I want to feel patience. I want to feel love. Okay, what do I need to think to feel love and patience with him? And I started to write new thoughts. What would I need to think? And I started to write down things like, he actually needs me to love him. He needs me to understand him. He and and then I always I would also write down things that I'm very grateful about him for, right? He's very artistic and he's funny and like all the wonderful qualities about him. When I did that, how do you think I re I interacted with him the very next time he came home from school? Well, it's a whole it's a whole different. I mean, it's a whole different ball game, and he's totally. he's probably receiving that also. Yes, and guess what happens? He reacted different. Now again, it doesn't. It, it, it's it's not like every day is unicorns and rainbows, right? It's but, but it, <laughs> what it is is that it, once you're aware of this and you realize that you have the power to change your thinking and how you're interacting, again, it's amazing what comes back, the energy back from that person. So I say, you know, these tactics and these approaches, they can help whether it's you're dealing with, you know, um, an ex, you know, husband or wife, or you're, you know, parenting, or it's a boss, or you, you name it, right? Or any situation, maybe it's a situation within yourself, like, you know, trying to get into a workout routine, whatever it is. When you sit down and you really start going, hey, how am I feeling about this or this person? What is driving those feelings? Oh, God, this is what I'm thinking? Well, if this is what I'm thinking, then of course, that's how I'm going to feel. How can I change how I'm thinking about this and be deliberate? It's amazing. It's like it's almost like magic when you do it. I found that um, what I the term that I like to use for the thought download 
is externalizing that thought. And this is a really practical thing for anyone listening. Um, it's exactly what, you know, what Julie's been, been mentioning is writing it down. It's sort of that getting ourselves accustomed to writing those thoughts down or, you know, because once we're writing them out, they become much more apparent and we're more aware of them. And I think that once we start to recognize those emotions, because at least for myself, they don't those thoughts do not come out as words immediately and and you can correct me if i'm wrong julie but they come off as emotions in many situations and it's they're not always words so to translate them into something to 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 put them down in writing and then to get them on the paper and really finding out you know what it is that we're thinking that is the first step. And then, you know, and then you start working towards the why, the what, right? Yes, 100%. And you're right. Sometimes the feelings are actual physical things. You know, I can remember I, I, I started feeling I never really had heartburn in my life. And I can remember earlier this year, all of a sudden, I was getting this like burning sensation in my throat constantly. I didn't know what was going on. It was like a physical reaction, a physical feeling. And like, what is happening? I'm not eating anything differently. Like, you know, I'm pretty healthy with that stuff. Like what is going on? And I really had to sit down and kind of dig in a bit to understand, is it something that I'm feeling that's causing the physical reaction? And I will tell you when I did the work, what came up for me was that I was in fear because I left a high paying corporate <laughs> job being the primary breadwinner in our household to pursue a totally different, you know, career, one that I felt was going to be so much more fulfilling, but being an entrepreneur and trying to start the business and grow it, I mean, it was going to be nowhere near what I was doing in the corporate world initially. And here I am not realizing I'm even having all of these things going in my head. And it was actually coming up in a physical sensation. I was having, I was having heartburn, agita, whatever you want to call it, acid in my stomach because I had so much fear and I had to face it. And I had to, you know, start to reset myself on my thinking on setting goals it's amazing sure it wasn't the spaghetti it It wasn't wasn't the spaghetti i wasn't the spaghetti yeah but you know i had to really work it through you know so (laughs) i'm just checking in there's you know making sure that it wasn't anything else (laughs) and wow so you okay so you went from a corporate job i want to hear a little bit about this because this is pretty interesting here um you left a high paying corporate job to become a life coach you're chasing you i mean you're creating you're doing what fulfills you and what motivates you and what inspires you what i don't understand corporate jobs don't fulfill you like what that one didn't no. They can. For some people, they 100% do. For me, it it, it didn't. You know, um, I was in uh, marketing for a big IT company for 16 years, and uh, I loved 
the thing I loved most about it was I pretty much mostly worked from home other than when I had to travel. I mostly worked from home. So, you know, being a mom and being there for my kids is so, so, so important to me. And so I knew that there was very little options to be able to have that kind of high paying job while working from home and not missing the kids' plays or, you know, the soccer Huge. games start at 4.15 and mm-hmm. all of that, right? So I was mm-hmm. like, well, I will do this until the older kids go off to college. Once they go off to college, you know, which is another, you know, five years for us, four years now from now, because um, we have the four-year-olds. My, I don't know if you know if we mentioned this, but so that my, my, my <laughs> husband Joe and I had I a baby did, yeah. together. Um mm-hmm. He's four and he's been like this amazing glue, by the way, like for my older kids and all of us. It's just been such a blessing. But we always thought, okay, once the kids go to college, we then can move because I'll tell you, I'm from the Boston area. I live in New York. My whole family is in Boston. And my first reaction when I was getting divorced 11 years ago was I want to go home. I want to go home to my family and to everybody. But my kid's dad did not want to do that. You know, his job was where it was and I had the job here too. And so we agreed, you know, we knew we wanted to stay only a few miles apart from each other for the kids. And so I I kind of knew I had a bit of a sentence here in New York until um, the k- older kids went to college. So in my mind, my plan, my career plan was I'd stay in this corporate job till the kids went to college. And then Joe and the four-year-old who then be like nine we can move, we can go wherever we want and do whatever we want to do. And I could change jobs then. Maybe I'll go down the entrepreneur path then. But this IT company that I was working for, they changed their entire uh, workforce model and was now asking everybody to come back into an office. Right. Oh my God. No, I hate that. Oh God. So I was like, no way. So I started looking for other jobs in the area and, um, to be as local as I could. And they were all like a third of what I was making. Same job, same kind of job, but a third of what I was making because of just where we live. And I was like, no way. I turned to my husband, God, seriously, God bless him. I said, if I'm going to make a third of what I'm making right now, I would rather be doing something I love with meaning with, you know, all of that. I said, so I really would like to do my, you know, to go down the entrepreneur path. And so it was about a year in the making. We actually downsized our house. It's like a whole big story, but to sum it up, you know, I had the support of the kids of my husband to pursue helping moms. Like that's what I've always wanted to do. And so I, you know, when we were getting divorced, uh, the mediator that we were using, he was like, look, can you promise me you're going to write a book or share what you're doing with others someday? And this was 11 years ago. And I can remember, Oh yeah, yeah. I'll write a book someday. That'd be awesome. I'd love to write. I'll write a book. It was before podcasting. It was before anything online. Honestly, it was before Facebook, Instagram. Mm. And so when podcasting, when I really started consuming podcasting um, from an entrepreneur standpoint, I was like, oh, my God, that's my platform. Like, I, that's, I can now do this. I can talk to moms all over the world and in an easy way. I don't have to write a whole book, right? I can get on every week and, and, and start to talk and help. So 
kind of just did this total 180 shift, you know, left the corporate career and went into full-blown entrepreneur mode, um, doing coaching, podcasting, you know, um, all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> Sweet. I'm just so happy to hear people, you know, doing what makes them happy. You know, there's, I, f- I feel like there's two sizes. There's making ourselves, you know, you know, there's the fulfillment, there's the giving back, there's the, there's the creating uh, a life that that we desire and and you know and around our children such a big key here and uh you know and i'm I'm also going to slip in that at the end of the day when you're working for any company it's you know what that company could fall and you could be you know worthless to them at some point and and you know what's stopping them from cutting the strings well here it's just so multifaceted to be able to give back to be having your own business to to be doing something that that really inspires to motivates other people and Julie I want to I want to hear you talk a little bit about what other single moms can do you know they have they're they're with their kids all the time and 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 you know it's hard enough taking care of the kids and they're just trying to get by and obviously it's not every all of them but you know many many out there are like that what can they start doing to move towards creating a life that they want, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's hobbies, like what can they do? Oh, I love that question because it's so, it's exactly what I'm trying to help moms with. It's it's about creating that next chapter. And so obviously everyone's got a different situation. For some, the kids are with their dad some of the time, right? Um, for others, the dad's not in the picture anymore and they truly are 100% single mom. That is, that I know is really hard um, from a time perspective. Um, But clearly if the, if the kids are now going with their dad, even some of the time uh, I talk a lot on my podcast about, you know, ideas and thoughts and things that you can be doing um, in that time that you don't have your kids. Um, So one, for example, is get, the the not fun stuff done, do the grocery shopping, do the bills, do all those things when the kids are with their dad so that when you, the kids are back with you, you are a hundred percent with them. You're not having to go do all those other things, right? You can plan and be very um, proactive in the time that you have with them and the time that you're not with them. I actually joke that I feel like my older two had more of me with the 50-50 custody than my four-year-old has hundred percent with me because I really was very deliberate about that. And so when the kids were with their dad, I did all the things that I needed to get done right on my to-do list and whatever. And so when the kids were back with me, we always had fun. We, I don't think they ever went to the grocery store, <laughs> you know? So, and mm-hmm. now my four-year-old has to do all the things with me, but, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But so if you, but then the other thing that's really cool. And I, and again, I talk about this, um, both in my podcast and that I actually have, you know, not everyone's ready to work with a coach. So the other thing that I created is this kind of this DIY workbook and each chapter kind of goes through a lot of what we're talking about here with worksheets. So whether it's the thought downloads or it's how to structure your time um, when you don't have your kids or shifting your mindset about their dad, all of that, I actually created a workbook that you can download and it's on my website. I know we'll put the link um, for people to be able to access, but Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's so important to have something that you can touch and hold and, and write you know, and plan and figure out what you want to do 
But one of the things that I, I tell moms is it's such a great time to look into things like network marketing or look into having a fitness school. Maybe you've always wanted to run a marathon. Maybe you have had a hobby that you've always wanted to potentially develop it into a side business. Maybe you want to do some education that you just never had time for before, but now when the kids are with their dad, you have some time. Or if, or if you are truly a single mom, I don't think there's a better reason to enlist some support um, so that you can get a little bit of time each week. Or maybe you're just very deliberate that when the kids go to bed, you know, you're going to spend an hour or two on or you're going to get up a little earlier than them and you're going to spend a little bit of time on that thing. And so in my workbook, I kind of help women to kind of brainstorm with themselves on what would that be? And it's really amazing when you can put your time and energy into something that is fulfilling you. Maybe it's driving, in, you know, incremental money into, you know, your new little family, which is so important. So there's, there's, it's endless possibilities, honestly. And I think, again, that goes back to the mindset shift. If you shift your brain and say, okay, I'm going to look at this precious time that, yes, I'm so sad that my kids aren't with me right now or they're with their dad, but how can I use this time to better our life as a family or better me? Because if I'm bettering myself, I'm totally going to be a better mom for my kids. And so just being very um, strategic about that is really important. Amazing. That is perfect, perfect ending to this amazing podcast. I really, you know, thank you so much for sharing all of this information. I hope that there's many people out there that will use this information. And on top of that, I want you to, you know, let them know where can they find you? Yes. So first of all, um, you can always go to my website. It's divorcemommy.blog. I have an awesome freebie that if, you know, if anyone, you know, signs up to join my, um, my tribe, uh, you'll get, um, this awesome, you're never going to believe it. It's this PDF. My daughter wrote it. Okay. So my 15 year old daughter Mm -hmm. wrote the top 10 things you should know now as you're navigating co-parenting. It is like epic, right? So it's, she's, she's unbelievable. She's this amazing kid. And she's like, mommy, I want to help. And I'm like, all right, you want to help? Like parents are dying to know what a kid that's been going through this for 11 years, what, what's her perspective? What's her advice? And so it's the top 10 things that she wants you to know. It is awesome. So if you sign up, um, if you sign up on my website for my, um, my email list, you automatically get it downloaded uh, into your inbox. It's so good. It's full of gold. So definitely mm-hmm. find me there. Um, mm-hmm. I love Instagram. It's where you and I met. I love to yeah. hang out on Instagram. And so it's Divorce Mommy on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook. It's also Divorce Mommy. So, you know, I, I love to interact with people. I love getting direct messages and engaging with people. So definitely reach out and definitely snag that PDF from Caroline. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely. We'll make sure we'll get that on. And everyone else, you guys can find me. Uh, well, my podcast here, Single Parents Succeed, it's on about 10 different platforms right now. iTunes. I'm not even going to start naming them. I don't know all of them, but all of them. <laughs> okay. And uh, 
And you can find me on Instagram also at Single Parents Succeed and on Facebook, Joshua Simcha. Simcha is kind of hard to spell. That's Joshua, S-I-M-C-H-A. And you can just check out Single Parents Succeed on Facebook and you'll find me there too. Um, and that's a wrap. So thank you once again, Julie. Really, really appreciate this. So much value, so much good, so much love, so much positivity. And obviously shit gets hard, but you know what? We can work through it. And if we continue to help each other, continue to share, continue to just work together to just make something good in this world for all of us, things will just continue to grow. So I want to thank you so much, Julie. And uh, that's a wrap. Thank you.